Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, I guess you could say that President Trump is the first president to be acquitted, acquitted twice now, (laughs) for uh, impeachment. So we'll talk about that today. Happened over the weekend. Welcome, by the way, to the program. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, or at least since we changed it, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com. Slash Todd Huff Show, we're streaming there, but that's not that's not where you want to go. You want to watch it on the website because who knows what Facebook's going to do. ToddHuffShow.com is where you can watch the program streaming as well. And as always, you can download the podcast, Apple Podcast or Stitcher or Spotify, iHeartRadio, a gob of places there. Just search for the Todd Huff Show and you will find it and you can download it. So... Let's get right to it today. President Trump was acquitted over the weekend in a 57-43 vote in the Senate, meaning 57 senators voted to, um, well, you can't say remove him from office, to find him guilty and to permanently block his ability to ever run for anything again. 57 folks. That includes all 50 Democrat senators. And that includes um, seven Republicans. Now, we knew some of these folks who they were going to be Mitt Romney, Ben Sass, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, Pat Toomey. We can also add to that, uh, add to that list Bill Cassidy from the state of Louisiana. And I'm forgetting the who's the other one? There's one more. It'll come to me as I'm as I'm going through this. But they they got seven. They needed seventeen. So they, I mean, they got um, closer. I don't want to say closer than some expected. We, as I said on here, the the odds of of that happening were very small that they would have gotten sixty seven because it takes two thirds of the Senate, uh, two thirds of the Senate to actually um, convict the president. Two thirds. That's two out of three. If a uh, socialist is listening this morning, and since there's a hundred senators, there's actually sixty six point six 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 seven senators. And since you can't actually have a percentage of a senator, you have to round up to sixty seven. So that's how we get to sixty seven. And um, but they only got to fifty seven, which is look. I mean, this is uh, I guess it shows you the. Uh, the, the the political momentum. I'm not saying that it's it's real across the country because these folks are facing pushback. In fact, Republican parties. Oh, Burr, Richard Burr from the state of North Carolina. And by the way, if I'm not mistaken, Burr's not running again in 2022. Toomey's not running again in 2022. I don't know about what Cassidy's deal is, but Cassidy. In fact. <laughs> 
Cassidy goes to Twitter. Senator Cassidy. Let me see if I can find this. Saw this this morning. Cassidy goes to Twitter and records like a 10-second 10 second statement here. This, this is something else I'm going to have to find. I had it pulled up here this morning as well. I think I'm uh, reeling from this snowstorm that's about to hit us. I don't want to talk about that, by the way. But Cassidy, um, and I love it. Romney does the same general thing. Um, the president's guilty because he's guilty, basically, is what is what they're saying. In fact, if you want to, if you want me to read Romney's statement, I will do so. Romney statement on impeachment vote. This is what he says. After careful consideration of the respective counsel's arguments, that sounds very astute, very serious. I have concluded that President Trump, may I mention also, oh, this is me inserting this, may I mention also that Romney was um, was the one that joined the Democrats the first time we went through this impeachment circus about a year ago. So Romney's already voted to impeach the president, not, not to impeach him, to acquit him of the Charges, uh, charges levied against him by the House on the first impeachment trial. So, you know, maybe he's a – you know, you could say maybe he's biased. You could also say um, he was persuaded by this this argument made by the House managers, even though they used doctored evidence, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. But anyway – He says this, I have concluded that President Trump is guilty of the charges made by the House of Representatives. President Trump attempted to corrupt the election by pressuring the Secretary of State of Georgia to falsify the election results in his state. Is that really what happened there? Is that that what Mr. Romney, Senator Romney, really believes, that President Trump was trying to get the Secretary of State to falsify the records. The the truth is, President Trump was trying to get the Secretary of State to correct correct the election results. From President Trump's perspective, based upon the evidence that we saw, which, by the way, was, was quite a bit of evidence. You can argue whether it's enough or not, but to act like everything was perfectly fine in the state of Georgia is beyond delusional at this particular point in time. And you can say that without saying that an election was stolen. We just can't have this stuff happening in elections. We cannot have this stuff happening in our elections. We cannot have half the country or, what is it, 70% of Republicans or some such number think that the election was stolen from Trump? That's unbelievable, really, that the numbers are that high. To think that One political party effectively believes that election results or these election results uh, are highly questionable, suspect, and possibly uh, even even worse is you cannot allow that to happen in a country, period, end of conversation, end of story. But nonetheless, Romney here is is referencing uh, the the situation where President Trump called uh, Brad Raffensperger and said – uh, you know, he needed to find some votes. Anyway, that's what that's what Romney says here. He also says President Trump incited the insurrection against Congress 
by using the power of his office to summon his supporters to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. <gasps> the audacity of the president of the United States to summon supporters to Washington, D.C. on the day of the uh, on the day the electors would be certified by Congress and urging them to march on the Capitol, which he did, which Romney conveniently leaves out here peacefully and patriotically is what Trump said. But nonetheless, he says march on the Capitol during the counting of electoral votes, which, by the way, case Mitt Romney or other uh, six other Republican senators need to be reminded of this. There's absolutely nothing illegal. There is absolutely nothing unconstitutional about exercising your free speech and and marching to a public building. Now, you can't storm it. What happened there in that instance with with those actions taken? Absolutely and utterly reprehensible. Folks need to be charged for crimes and held accountable for their actions, those that did it. But not everybody did it. You didn't do it. I didn't do it. Lots of people marched to that Capitol, marched in Washington, D.C., listened to that speech, and had nothing at all to do with any of this. <sighs> anyway, Romney says he's ur- – so not just march, uh, not just telling his uh, supporters to march to the Capitol. He did this in spite, uh, despite the obvious and well-known threats of violence that day. Pause for a moment. If there were obvious and well-known threats that day – why wasn't why weren't why did we see some of the things that we saw? Why were I don't want to get into all this with with some of the things that happened on the Capitol that day, but some of these things that happened, folks, um, there's just not a good explanation for for them. You know, you've seen certain officers opening gates and different different things like that. Um, I'm not going to get into all that except to say if there was so much in the way of uh, as Romney said here so much that was obvious and the threats were well known threats of violence were well known why wasn't there better security right I, I just I don't why why did the Senate um, and the House I, did, I don't remember um, that being and I was I, I was out and about. I was in meetings. Uh, I was in a meeting when I left, you know, came out of the meeting and turned on the radio. I'd heard that the Capitol had been breached. Um, but I don't – I knew tensions were high. We all knew tensions were high. But threats of violence – see, this go, This flies in the face of Trump incited the riot. This means that they knew that this was preplanned, but they're still trying to, pay, you know, tag this or peg this onto – to President Trump. Anyway, Romney's statement concludes by saying this. President Trump also violated his oath of office for by failing to protect the Capitol, the vice president, and others in the Capitol. This is so delusional. So delusional. The president doesn't – was he supposed to come in with what? His – not allowed to have a weapon in Washington, D.C. Was President Trump supposed to personally come down there and stop this? I don't even understand the – what he's saying here. President Trump violated his, his oath of office by failing to protect the Capitol, the vice president, and others in the Capitol. Each and every one of these conclusions compels me to support conviction. I mean, come on. Romney knew before this trial started he was voting to convict President Trump. And in fairness, in fairness, there were lots of Republicans who knew that they were voting to acquit President Trump. So it's over. They've lost again. 
And I'm telling you, you've seen yesterday, you probably saw Biden, if you haven't, I'll tell you now, Biden releasing a statement, the White House releasing a statement saying it's time to act on gun control. So while this impeachment was a terrible thing, while this impeachment was a dog and pony show that was being run by the Dramacrats, as usual, looking for ways to engage in political theater to fabricate some evidence as terrible as this was and it was terrible what they've what they've done here again it's perfectly logical and consistent to say i condemn what happened at the capitol on january 6th the violence that happened the laws that were broken i fully and wholeheartedly condemn that it's perfectly consistent and logical to say the president is not responsible for that. You know what? This may be a, a shocker to the left because no one's responsible in the minds and in the eyes of the, the radical left for their own actions. But the people that are responsible for what happened on the Capitol that day are the people who took action to break the law and to carry out some heinous acts that day. That's who's responsible. Pure and simple. The left would have you believe the left would have you believe that everyone no excuse me no one is responsible for their own actions in fact if you do something wrong it's society's fault it's some some external pressure you've you know something happened to you that was outside of your control and this was of course something that um, you know you cannot be held accountable for because of these external pressures they're they're too great they can't be defined but they certainly aren't uh, the, the, the definition of the person committing the acts. However, at the same time, because we're all members of society, we're all responsible for the actions taken by the individual. It's truly 180 degrees out of whack, folks. It's the exact opposite of how we should look at how we should look at life. And by the way, this 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 tendency to want to blame some larger, nameless, indefinable group, society, for example. I mean, do they not understand society is made up of people? When society was formed, when populations grew, right, when more and more people grew, society actually is the reflection of what individual people found to be important or what they tried to create within their own communities. Society is a reflection of the individual. And I'm not saying society cannot in turn impact an individual or you know, pop culture. The, the media knows this better than anybody. That's why they, that's why they do what they do. That's why they uh, try to shape the narrative and keep one side of the story out, silenced. That's why social media giants want to shut conservatives up. They don't want to have true, robust debate. They want to shut us up, and they want to actually create the desired outcome, create the desired outcome, so that there are societal impacts or influences on the individual. But it works the other way as well. Individuals impact society. You've heard it said before that uh, a good advertisement, people, you know, a company that that wants to deliver its product, its service to to Americans, what they try to do is hold up a mirror so that people can see themselves using the product. They want to. They, they companies see a problem, see a need in the marketplace, and they try to deliver that need, and they try to let Americans see that need being met in their lives. Right? I mean, this is the way 
that this works. So there is a back and forth. But to act like society is some sort of a third party that's independent of all sort of impacts, influences of, of individuals and those who have a big microphone or a big platform is ridiculous as well. The people responsible for breaching the Capitol are shockingly those who breached the Capitol, not President Trump, even though 57, 57 senators voted to convict President Trump of these charges. But they failed again. And so President Trump, as I said off the top, is the first president to be acquitted now, acquitted twice of impeachment charges. So quick timeout is in order. When we get back, I want to play a little bit of a conversation that one of Trump's attorneys, if you haven't heard this, it's worth listening to, one of Trump's attorneys had with a member of the mainstream media. So we'll play that when we get back. A timeout is necessary first. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. So before the actually last segment, I was mentioning or referencing a uh, Bill Cassidy, one of the seven Republicans who voted to convict President Trump. Now this this is the kind of stuff that I just this is such a waste. Here's a guy. Okay, he votes to convict President Trump. Okay. Oh, whatever you think of that at the moment. Just, okay. Explain to us. Explain to us why you did. So he takes the time. He takes this. This is his, this is his statement. He retweeted this. He took the time to retweet this. This is his, um, this is what, this is how he summarizes the reasons and the rationale for what do you you know for voting to convict President Trump? Listen to this very compelling argument. Bear with me here. This thing is not. Here we go. Let's do this again. Our constitution and our country is more important than any one person. I voted to convict President Trump because he is guilty. That's it. That's his argument. Our Constitution, what's he say? Our Constitution and our country is more important than any one person. I voted to convict President Trump because he is guilty. (laughs) Why is he guilty? I... I just I don't suffer this stuff very well. What is what does this even mean? I voted to convict him because he is guilty. He later said Trump brought together a crowd, but a portion of that crowd was transformed into a mob. And when they went into the Capitol, it was clear he wished uh, that he wished that lawmakers be intimidated. And even after. Trump knew there was violence taking place. He continued to basically sanction the mob. What do you mean basically sanction the mob? 
and not until later did he actually ask them to leave. He never asked them to do what you're saying is the problem. There's no there's no direct evidence. The idea, he did ask them to go to the Capitol, which is, well, I don't know that he even asked them. He said, some of you are going to march down to the Capitol after this, peacefully and patriotically, of course, and you're going to make sure that you hold these folks accountable. He did use fight like hell, right, to fight like hell. I guess we shouldn't fight. I mean, I, you don't see a lot of fight from uh, Republicans like like Bill Cassidy here. Um, but we should fight like hell, as Trump says, for this nation, for the Constitution. Um, we should stand up firmly and demand demand that election integrity be taken seriously, demand that these things be addressed. Cassidy concludes by saying all of that points to a motive and a method, and that is wrong. He should be held accountable. A lot of these folks now, I think even Cassidy, have been held um, accountable by, or uh, they faced... Fox News article here says they face backlash uh, back at home. Republican senators who voted to convict former President Donald Trump on Saturday in the Senate impeachment trial on the charge of inciting an insurrection are already facing backlash in their home states. The seven GOP senators who joined all Democrats in finding Trump guilty were, and I mentioned this earlier, Burr of North Carolina, Cassidy, Louisiana, Susan Collins, Maine, Lisa Murkowski, Alaska, Mitt Romney, Utah, Ben Sass, Nebraska, Pat Toomey, Pennsylvania. Um, Louisiana GOP has unanimously, think about this, unanimously voted to censure Bill Cassidy, who I just played that, that clip from, that very compelling argument, um, as to why he voted to convict Trump. They voted to censor him. Pennsylvania GOP criticized Toomey. Pat Toomey on Saturday night, they said this. The chair, the chairman, Lawrence uh, Tabas, said this. The post-presidency impeachment proceeding was an unconstitutional theft of time and energy that had absolutely nothing to unify or help the American people. I share the disappointment of many of our grassroots leaders and volunteers over Senator Toomey's vote today. The vote to acquit was the correct, uh, the constitutionally correct outcome. Toomey, of course, is not seeking re-election. Uh, Richard Burr, North Carolina, is another who's not seeking re-election in 2022. Um, they're facing they're facing consequences. By the way, um, Ben Sass, Ben Sass, uh, senator from uh, from from Nebraska, told the Republican Party back in his home state, "You are welcome to censor me again, but let's be clear." about why this is happening. It's because I still believe, as you used to, that politics isn't about the weird worship of one dude. Is that the is that the perspective here? That there's a worship of Trump. Is this really what the never Trumpers think? Now I'm not saying that there's not a segment of folks that don't maybe venture into this realm where they worship <laughs> President Trump. But the vast majority of Trump supporters in my estimation, at least the ones that I know, at least the ones that I hear from, they're not worshiping President Trump. In fact, many of the ones that I 
that I hear from are those that are already uh, committed Christians, and they like what President Trump is trying to accomplish by fighting, fighting against, if I'm allowed to say that metaphorically, those of you that are out there in the Facebook police and so forth, that's a metaphor. But Trump is fighting against these powers, against a government that is completely and out of, overwhelmingly out of control. Trump is Trump embodies a person who's trying to restore America in the ways in which, in 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 those foundationally good ways, right? To move back towards our constitution, to move back towards limited government, to move back towards the responsibility and the power of the individual, away from statism, away from the idea that government holds a solution to all of our problems, away from high taxes, away away from control and silencing of uh, or, or threats to silence religious groups. The freedom of religion is important, the freedom of speech. I mean, you can, can – you can – the, the right to keep and bear arms, which I want to get to as well. Here today, given the Biden administration's acknowledgement here that they want to start you know, moving towards gun control, which again, as I said earlier, as terrible as impeachment was, is it not a better uh, – was it not a better use of time from <laughs> – please understand what I'm saying. It was a total sham and a total witch hunt and a total – uh, unconstitutional efforts. So there's damage that's been done, I'm not saying. But at least they weren't trying to implement policies that were infringing upon other constitutional rights. They wasted here the first month or six weeks doing this stupid impeachment proceeding, and they fell short. And now, now they're wanting to begin the gun grab and move on to the other ideas and their radical, out-of-control leftist agenda. So the people that I know don't worship Trump. They like the ideas that he was advocating and furthering. They like that he was exposing and combating in a metaphorical way. Again, for the literal Facebook police out there, but in a metaphorical way fighting against um, these ideas that really need to be soundly defeated in this nation and can be if, if free – uh, free debate and the free exchange of ideas is allowed to trans, uh, transpire in this nation. Um, these ideas are soundly defeated. But when you make an election about the hatred of one man, as they did in 2020 here back a couple of months ago in November, this is – they have a chance of winning. If it's about the issues and people understand truth and reality and how this nation was founded in the Constitution, the value and the importance of liberty, they lose. They lose every time unless they've got – um, you know, a, a network of socialists that are prepared to completely abandon, which there's a larger group of, of folks in that group than I care to admit, but not not nearly the number that love this country, that love freedom, that love the Constitution, that believe America is this truly wonderful place because of the ideas upon which it was built. So anyway, I want to play a little bit of the soundbite, this exchange between Trump's attorney, impeachment attorney, and the media, but I just didn't uh, get to it this segment. We'll do that when we return. Sit tight. Be back here in just a minute. Welcome 
back, one of President Trump's attorneys, attorneys for his impeachment proceeding, Mr. Vanderveen, was on CBS News with a an anchor here. I don't know the name. I'm scrolling here to see if I can find the name. But anyway, he's being interviewed by this media well this um journal <laughs> I'm not going to say journalist I don't you know um someone in the media how about that asking him it, it gets contentious here I just want you to hear a bit of this because I think uh, Mr. Vanderveen does a good job kind of highlighting the problems in the media so let's listen to this exchange and that happened over the weekend throughout the trial you denied that mr trump had a role in inciting the january 6th insurrection at the capitol you argued first of all that there was no insurrection but during your closing arguments you seemingly admitted that there was in fact an insurrection using that word saying that 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 was not up for debate what role no, you, did the you, former you president you play? You didn't, you didn't understand the case. I used the word. I'll give you the opportunity to clarify, my, sir. Sure, I uh, used the word insurrection in my closing argument when quoting the charging documents. Um, what happened at the Capitol on January 6 is absolutely horrific, but what happened at the Capitol during this trial was uh, not too far away from that. The prosecutors in this case doctored evidence. They did not investigate this case, and when they had to come uh, to the court of the Senate to put their case on, because they hadn't done any investigation, they doctored evidence. It was absolutely shocking, I think, uh, when, uh, when we discovered it and we were able to expose it and put it out. Uh, I think it turned a lot of senators. The American people should not be putting up with this. They need to look at who, uh, who these House managers were uh, and look to see whether these are the folks they want representing them. It was, abs- it was shocking to me. Wouldn't have believed it. Uh, let's follow up with, uh, with a point that you're making right now about the House managers, as you say, doctoring evidence. And, uh, and the argument they didn't de- uh, they didn't to be deny clear for it. our viewers... They didn't deny it. Uh, I put it in front of them three times. To be clear for our viewers, what you're you're talking about now is is a check mark uh, that's a verification on Twitter that that did not exist on that particular tweet. Uh, A 2020 that should have actually read 2021. um, And the selective editing, you say, of of the tapes. Is that the doctored evidence of what you're speaking? That's not enough for you? That's not enough for you? Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I am not a juror in this trial. What I'm trying to be clear for our viewers is what what you're referring to, because not everybody has been following. It's not okay to doctor a little bit of evidence. Respectfully. I have not said it is. I have not said it is okay. Ma'am, your question is I want to be clear for our viewers. Listen, what has to happen is the media has to start... I want to be clear for our viewers about what exactly you're saying when you say doctored evidence. The media has to start telling 
telling the right story in this country. The media is trying to divide this country. You are bloodthirsty for ratings. And as such, you're asking questions now that are already uh, uh, set up with a fact pattern. I can't believe you would ask me a question indicating that it's all right just to doctor a little bit of evidence. There's more stuff <laughs> that we uncovered that they doctored to be frank with you. And perhaps that will come out one day. Very shocking, But we won course. this case. And I'm not a sore loser, but what happened, or a sore winner, I should say, but what should happen is somebody should look at the conduct of these house managers. It, 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 it's unconscionable. Don't look to the media. Aside from all of the due process violations that my client had. And the media should be looking at at a square, straight way. A straight Dream way. On. When I He's watch right. the news, Dream I watch one station and it's raining. I watch another station at the same time and it's sunny. Your coverage is so slanted, it's got to stop. You guys have to stop and start reporting more like PBS does rather wow. than uh, 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 wow. uh, <laughs> a TV news show that doesn't have any journalistic integrity at all. What I'm telling you is that they doctored evidence. And I believe your question says, well, it's only a Twitter check and, a, and changing a year of a date here. They switched the date of a Twitter a year to try to connect it to this case. That's, right. That's not a small thing, ma'am. The other thing they did is they put Sorry. a check mark on something to, to make it look like it was a validated account when it wasn't. And when they were caught, they didn't say anything about it. They didn't even All this try happened, to by come the way. up with an excuse about it. And that's All right, I can't go any more into that. But that gives you an idea. So he's calling out the media here, the, the Trump uh, impeachment attorney. Um, you know, he's still wrong about a lot. I mean, we meet PBS. Is, is uh, PBS our now standard bearer? Um, I, could, I could pull up some examples of some... Uh, of some less than desirable things that have happened there as well, um, we could we could play those. But this idea, this concept, that I mean, he's right in in the sense that you know she basically says, well, to be clear, you know, when you're talking about doctored evidence, you're talking about a, a missing or an added blue check mark, meaning that the tweet that they were referencing in their uh, Senate proceedings. Were you know, in, in the trial? Were it came from a validated account, something that has more credibility. But they just added it. It wasn't there. The tweet that they were referencing was not for me. It was not from a, a validated account. They also changed the date from 2020 to 2021 on one of President Trump's tweets to make it appear that a tweet he sent a year ago was directly associated with what happened on. The Capitol Hill, January, uh, in the Capitol building, I should say, January 6th, 2021, even though the tweet was sent January 6th, 2020. The media has no interest. The media has no interest in clarifying. I mean, just it's just remarkable. If you put side-by-side -side descriptions, you know, media coverage of the way they talked about uh, collusion with Russia, they never, they never once explained to you because they can't, by the way, how Trump colluded with Russia to steal the election. Because the answer is, the answer is, and their crazy delusional way of looking at things, is that the media, or excuse me, Trump colluded with Russia to get you 
and well, not you, but Trump supporters, Hillary supporters, to trick them into voting for Trump because of a Facebook ad. That is what collusion led to. That makes no sense. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. They never once asked for clarification on collusion. They asked for clarification here by doctoring evidence. You mean just by they forgot to add the check mark? They switched the date. Inadvertently was almost the way that she made it sound. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. Of course it's inadvertent. Anyway, timeout is necessary. Uh, quick timeout. Come back and get to this gun control thing with the limited time we have available. Sit tight back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Circling back after that break. By the way, I want to mention this, that and you've heard me say this on here. I love I love our fireplace. It is – that thing is – helps me deal with these cold temperatures in ways that I can't even begin to tell you because I'm a little bit of a wimp when it comes to the cold weather. I'll just be honest with you. But this fireplace has it nice and toasty in the house, and I want to thank our friends at Smalling Masonry for helping keep it operational and – they cleaned it. They actually taught us how to use it in a more efficient way that actually even makes the house even more comfortable. So if you have a uh, wood burner, if you have a fireplace, if you need a chimney clean, consider reaching out to our friends at Smalling Masonry. Beechgrovemasonry.com is the website. Beechgrove, two E's. Beechgrovemasonry.com or 317-903-8121 is the number. I want to really quickly here um, highlight a statement made by Biden yesterday on the three-year anniversary of the tragic Parkland uh, school shooting in Florida. Um, Biden now, Biden and the administ- his administration is uh, vowing here in this in this statement, the administration will not wait for the next mass shooting to heed that call. We will take action to end our epidemic of gun violence, and make our schools and communities safer. Today I am calling on Congress to enact common-sense gun law reforms, including requiring background check on all gun sales, banning assault weapons and high-capacity magazines, and eliminating immunity for gun manufacturers who knowingly put weapons of war on our streets. This is what the call in the statement was yesterday so i will just say this i don't have time to get into this right now but i just point out that remember when they were doing this ridiculous impeachment nonsense it was preventing them from doing stuff like this so buckle up this is just beginning and i've got to take a break sit tight back in just a minute My friends, you're listening to America's reality czar since apparently there's pressure <laughs> uh, being uh, applied to the Biden administration by the New York Times to get a reality czar to make sure that you're believing the right things. I'm volunteering for that position in case they need to. This is the stuff the left tells us. I Just the, the, the levels to which they go to make sure that they further their message at the the expense of all sorts of freedoms and liberties and free exchange of ideas is remarkable. And we are just just scratching the surface here, folks. So as I said before, buckle up. We're going to have a bumpy ride these next couple of years, but we can get through it. 
We need to continue to do our job, persuade others for constitutional conservatism. Got to go. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.